All right. Dang. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Back to theory and theology. Welcome myself back to my own podcast. Um, I haven't really been posting much on here uh, because I um, am not posting because I had nothing to say. Um, it was really on theme. So this episode is going to be kind of just all over the place. I already know it. Um, it's not late yet. It's 7.46 p.m. On a Wednesday, it's my weed Wednesday, so I popped a bit of an edible about 15 minutes ago, so we'll see when that kicks in, um, and, uh, maybe I should take a vape hit while I'm already, I'm already here. I plan to have my lights out before 10 p.m. I hope I don't wake up at like 4, but that's the plan. Well, not the plan is not to wake up at four. The plan is to sleep early. Um, let me just get in one vape hit, maybe two, maybe let's see one. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to get like way too stoned before I start recording. I mean, I have another whole podcast where I just literally purposefully get stoned and record. Uh, This is not that podcast. Um, But, I mean, I'm doing it anyways. It's, I don't know, I'm kind of into rituals of things, like, in a way, like routine, but rituals. Um... So maybe I'll talk about some of those rituals because I'm not really too solid with anything right now. I'm kind of on a break. So um, I haven't like actively studied this, but I'm going to start studying more about the year of Jubilee. Um, One of my uh, very uh, religious friends when I was growing up well, like in my 20s when I started hanging with him, but I knew him in, I don't want to say, I I don't know, I think he was at, we were at least in like, I was at least in like 8th grade or so, maybe ninth grade, because I remember he still had a uniform, so he must have been in like ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th, no, 9, 10, and I think we started hanging out when we were like after high school so we started hanging out when we were like 19 20 um we probably hung out for a good like three four years used to go up to bear used to get boba um and we go to these like prayer meetings and i'm telling you when i grew up like the things i used to do for fun were just like not your normal like teenage things but I really had a good time doing it because I had 
a community of people to do these things with. Now, this guy didn't grow up Adventist. I'm not going to name drop, but um, he grew up Pentecostal, like very conservative Pentecostal. I've probably mentioned him before. Like he was conservative to the point that he didn't listen to secular music. And I remember when uh, I remember we used to, I think, Skillet and the Benjamin Gate were the two um, um, artists or bands that he was kind of into that were like, that was his limit of like, uh, not too conservative, like the music maybe wasn't super about the Bible, but it was like themes about God and then me and some of our friends like we weren't sure if the band thrice was religious because I think they used to sell their music at the Christian bookstore they also used to sell Lamb of God and Under Oath and like some groups that were like I mean I don't really care like it was fine but there were a lot of like tooth and nail bands that they used to sell albums of and I was kind of like are they Christian or what's up but I'm thinking about it. I might I might drop by the Christian bookstore tomorrow if it's still there in my city because um, I haven't been in a long time. And it's like a nostalgic little spot. Um, they had CDs. I mean, I mostly used to go there for the CDs. I don't know what they would even have nowadays. But um, like they had like little communion kits and like Bibles, obviously and all kinds of stuff like I might drop by and pick up a book but um I need to stop buying stuff but I don't know I'm a little caffeinated I had uh like 100 milligrams worth of a c4 pre-workout just so I could bang out this workout because my sleep I did not sleep well I slept probably at like 2 a.m and woke up at like 6 something a.m um my brother was cooking something, which is normal, but he was using, like, canola oil, and I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not blaming him, I'm not saying it's his fault, um, but, you know, I'm not used to, like, like, I didn't, we didn't grow up, like, cooking bacon and, you know, like, non-vegetarian bacons or, like, pork bacon, we didn't grow up cooking pork bacon and ham, but over Christmas, uh, or was it the new year, my mother got some bacon, like pork bacon, some ham, all kinds of stuff. And it's been, uh, oh my gosh, I was explaining this to one of my friends the other day about the pork bacon and accidentally said, I accidentally, I was texting and accidentally said porn bacon or porn, something porn instead of pork. It was just real weird. I'm like, autocorrect, come on, man. Um, But she told me, and I was just like, oh, shoot, I didn't even notice. Like, uh, you just laugh. I don't really care. Like, she didn't really care. It wasn't, like, like an embarrassing situation or anything. Like, it would have been different if it was, like, a different person. But, um, uh, yeah, like, he was cooking... Uh, with canola oil and I I don't know if something was burning or if just because it's a different type of oil I'm not used to or something but I feel like it like 
interfered with my sinuses. Like, all day I've been feeling real weird with my sinuses. Everything smells funny. Um, Usually I air out my room, like... I can just light a candle or like a little bit of incense and open the window briefly, even though it's like freezing cold at like six something in the morning, but open the window and then, you know, maybe turn on the fan. And then within like five minutes, usually the smell is out of my room, but my room is all the way in the far corner. So if I don't do that, if there's like a heavy scent, it kind of just like stays in my room. And like I said, I don't really, I'm not used to the smell of cooking bacon and, you know, my sinuses are a bit sensitive in the morning. My sense of smell is a little sensitive in the morning. Um, I'm used to nobody cooking early in the morning anymore. Um, and I think when I don't sleep well, too, it, it like, my sense of smell is really, like, I get nauseous easily. So I was kind of, like, almost nauseous. I was like, ugh, like, this doesn't smell good. And ever since this morning, like, it just, it it just, I don't know. I think it just kind of irritated my sinuses. I hope that's what it was, honestly, because I hope it wasn't something more than that. I hope I didn't, I didn't, like, contract COVID or, like, some weird thing. Um, but I haven't done any, like, I haven't really left the house, I don't think, since, like, Friday. So, and it's Wednesday now, so, um... I don't think it would take that long to kick in and I've been feeling fine, but I've also not been sleeping well. Um, just, you know, a little family situation was kind of getting to me, but whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on it right now because that'll be a whole episode or series of episodes to itself. Like, let me just not, um, but I, I, oh yeah, so this guy who had mentioned the year of Jubilee to me, um, cool personality, a little stern, but, um, we introduced the band Thrice to him. I, I think, um, they had this song where they said, um, um, I think it's called Ultra Blue, where they have the word Adonai, and they say Adonai, like, um, yeah, Revolution Ultra Blue, I don't know the exact lyrics, a melodic battle cry, something, something, um, I don't know if it's orchestration Adonai, I don't remember what the word is before it, but something along those lines, I could look it up, I'm not going to, but we weren't too clear if that band was, uh, Christian, I love Thrice, I am sorry, I, I, I'm I'm not, I don't need to apologize to anybody. I love them. They're one of my favorite bands. I like their newer stuff, obviously. That's kind of how things go. There's a nostalgia aspect to it and everything, but um um they're one of the only bands that I listen to that motivates me to play guitar. Uh, um I've never explored that, but I don't know if it's the nostalgia or that I really envied them growing up and like in my neighborhood, like everyone, like the public school, high school kids were always going to like thrice concerts because they played locally so much. And I didn't get to see them until I moved to San Diego, probably about like, um, I lived in San Diego maybe about nine years 
up until the up until summer 2022 so I'm taking a temporary break right now still um and I lived there I uh you know made some different friends new friends uh, we're still great friends right now um love these guys shout out you know who you are um we went to this Deftones concert and Thrice was I think the second opening band uh well it wasn't a I think the headlining band was actually Rise Against but I think I could be wrong but I think our crew was more interested in seeing Deftones and they played second to last but it was like a Rise Against concert so it was some band I can't remember who it was then Thrice I can't remember if there was another band after Thrice, but then there was Deftones and then Rise Against. Um, but yeah, Thrice was there, and that's the first time I ever saw them. And I think um, I didn't even, like, wait, it was at the Chula Vista Amphitheater, the outdoor one. I think back then it was called like Sleep Train Mattress or whatever, <laughs> Sleep Train Mattress Center or something like that. It's next to a water park. Um, I don't know if it's like Sleep Mattress. I don't know what it's called. It's got a weird. It's got a weird name now too. It's like some weird. I can't even remember what it is. It's like the last time I went to a concert there, I saw. It was just like in September, of twenty twenty, two. I saw. Uh, who the heck did I see? Um, Rufus to Soul, and so that's my second time seeing Rufus to Soul, but I my first time seeing them at that venue, uh, it was just oh man, it was I don't know whatever. But that venue has such a nostalgia a nostalgic effect on me and so does Thrice. And I remember this specific event where we were where me and this religious friend and like a crew of my other I think like two or two or so of my other uh childhood homies, like literally I've known these guys one guy I met in second grade, the other uh person I met in third grade. Uh, when I was in third grade and they were in second grade, I think I knew of them because they were in my brother's class, but then we actually had a class together when I was in fourth grade and she was in third grade. And we still, I literally just saw her um, the other day, like after I saw her, I think Christmas Eve or something, her and her mom dropped by to like before they went to see the Christmas lights, they came by, saw my brother, sister, sister's boyfriend, my mom, um, said hi real quick, and then went to go do their thing, and then, um, she went, I saw her, like, I feel like I saw her, like, a week ago, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of not keeping good track of time, it was after the 30th when I saw her, because I was in San Diego until the 30th, so it was after December 30th, it was after the new year so um and it was I guess it was on a weekend because when she returned the rental car it was um like she had to do like the drop off thing so it was like 
it wasn't this past weekend, so it must have been the weekend before that. Because, I mean, we're only on day 11, <laughs> so I don't know what day it was, honestly, that I saw her. But it was me, her, this religious, like, ultra-religious guy, and then um, my other friend. Um, and uh, we all went snowboarding. I think that time we went to Bear, and this guy would ski, but... Um, so anyways, me and this guy used to have these really, well, I don't know. I used to, we always, we almost always used to talk about religion because that's what we did. I mean, like, that was literally the lifestyle I lived. Like, I didn't do it because I was like, I'm going to go to hell if I don't or like whatever. It was just part of my culture growing up, just like, you know, some people would be like, Maybe if they're from a Sikh culture or Hindu culture or Muslim culture or um, those are all religions. But like if you're from a non-religious culture too, like a um, um, I don't know, like a queer culture or, you know, just like an ethnic culture, like there's stuff that you just do because you're really connected to your culture. Like you're not maybe doing it because of any real specific reason like I think there was like a worship and faith aspect of it for me but it was it wasn't like okay I'm having bible studies on weekdays just after school with my college friends because you know I think we're gonna go to hell if we don't do it or something it was just like that was what we did for fun like for entertainment when we made plans oftentimes not all the time not uh but you know we would do religious related things like just as an activity like unprovoked by the church or anything like that's just what we did um we do a lot a lot of like non-religious things too but i mean we would just get a group together and have a bible study or get a group together and uh have a prayer thing or go to some prayer thing in the community somewhere or like uh I don't know like have some kind of uh I don't know we did kind of it was kind of from a spiritual perspective but we did do a lot of maybe not arguing debating but there was a lot of learning uh from one another uh, I have a lot of friends too that I grew up with that were like religious as in they go to church, but they, they didn't really like study the Bible. And then I used to study the Bible just like, I'm not bragging about it. It was just part of my, part of my routine. Like we were, we were kind of taught, you know, pray and read your Bible every day. And I would, I, I always had a struggle with like praying on a very regular basis but because, you know, my mind just likes to kind of problem solve and things like there was some point in my life during like maybe high school or so where I really just wanted to like find the answers to everything because the church wasn't helping with that. So I was like, I would go down rabbit holes of like one question and I'd be like, OK, I'm going to find the answer to this. And I get like really into it. And then that you know, I would never find the full answer and it would lead to another question. And then I just keep going. And like, after like maybe about a decade of that, um, 
I maybe didn't do it as much. I don't remember when I kind of like stopped reading the Bible on a regular basis, but I used to read um, at least like a paragraph or a chapter preferred um, almost every day, um, sometimes more. Um, and I literally would study it. Like I studied the Bible probably more than I studied for some of my school classes. Um, like there were some classes that maybe I might have slacked on, but almost every night before I would go to sleep, I would read the Bible and it's just what I like. Like I, I was never like, um, I never really was, at least at that time in my life, I don't feel like I was ever really approaching it like negatively or like I have to do this or like, I, I might've believed that like, um, you know, there might be some anger from God or something. I did maybe get a sense of like, this is what I should be doing, but I never really thought about like why or like why I would be doing that or what it would do for my future or whatever or to my future or anything like that. Like I just you know, did it because it just was a part of the religious experience that to me was like easy to do. Like, I feel like everyone, everyone who's probably practiced a religion or been part of a religion or whatever, or a congregation or whatever, um, has probably experienced that there's some part of like the ritual processes that are easier that you kind of gravitate towards more. Um, for me, it was more so the social interacting, like, at church and, you know, going to church events because, you know, they'd have picnics and barbecues and little retreats and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, dude, this is fun. Like, I had a good time with it usually. Um, and there was a lot of stuff. Like, Adventist churches, at least in my day and age... <laughs> I feel like maybe they're not like that now from what I see, but in my community, you know, in LA, the Adventist churches were super active and there were multiple churches. And so you could kind of just interact with a lot of different Adventist people, your own age range. Um, and it was really cool. Like there were a lot of us. Um, so I had a big social circle in high school, early college days very big social circle that was local like we we all saw each other like on a pretty regular basis um and grew up together and uh it was a lot of people um I don't know how many but I remember when I first started grad school I don't know if I was dating a guy or what I would call it, but kind of dating a guy that I met online, um, or considering dating each other or something. And, you know, um, we met, we bonded over anime. So that's kind of how we met. Um, and he lived like right near my campus. And so we kind of were like talking and we, we went on quite a few dates and stuff. Like he knew where I lived. I knew where he lived. Like, um, and I remember when I first met him, uh, when we started, I think we were on AIM, actually, when we first met, we were on AIM talking, and then we connected on Facebook, and, you know, we were looking at pictures and stuff, and, like, 
he basically um uh um he didn't he was just like there's no way you have all that many Facebook friends. Like, there's no way you know that many people. It wasn't a lot. It was probably, like, 100-something or 200-something. And he's like, yeah, like... Because it was back then where people would just have, like, 600 people or whatever. Because people would just, like, add every single possible person. But I think back then I only really had people on there that I would see. Like, either through church or someone at a different church or sports or in my neighborhood or whatever or family members, or whatever, um, even if I didn't see the family members, people that I knew were, like, actual relatives, so if they weren't relatives, they were usually people that I actually knew, like, I wasn't just, like, adding people that, like, I never, ever expected to see, and then one day he went with me, um, I, uh, I guess I can name drop this person, like, so if you know the singer Melissa Polinar, I know someone who knows her, uh, an elder Filipina lady, um, who's part of the church, who was, um, I don't know if she's really her auntie, like, legit blood relative, or if they just call each other that, I never really asked, like, I was never close to her, but her music is cool, if you check out Melissa Polinar, um, her music is cool, and I saw her live twice at this lady's house, but the second time, I had invited this guy, um, I'd probably been talking to him for, like, the, a good part of a year by then, and then, um, he went to that event, and he was, like, he saw me talking to all these people, and he was just like, wow, you know a lot of people, and one comment people used to always make to me is like, you know a lot of Asians, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I do, but it took place in Carson, the city of Carson in LA, and there, you know, that section of Carson has a lot of Asians, and I knew a lot of Asians who lived over there, I still know a lot of Asians who live over there, mostly Filipino people, um, mostly through church, and I knew I didn't know Melissa Polinar, like, I think, um, I had one interaction with her where I think one of my kind of, uh, social acquaintances through one of the collegiate groups, he had her, um, come to, um, come to coffee with us like we would go out a lot on Friday nights um but we didn't buy stuff so I don't know if we really like would say coffee or dinner but it was a place where you could have coffee or dinner but I don't think any of us really like were eating meals or anything um we would do that a lot like I don't know if it was like a money thing or just because it was Sabbath or whatever I don't know but she came and yeah I only had that one interaction with her I think I don't know if she actually showed up or if we were there talking about her or if I think she showed up though I I don't remember but um I'm just I don't know why I'm mentioning this but it's just like the web of like this religion is so wide that that's kind of how it goes it's like like there are people who are like actually on professional levels of like 
entertainment that are that know people who are part of the religion and so it's like like I'm not it's not like a status thing I don't know her she's not I don't hate her like I don't I don't know her I just don't know her at all um but that friend of mine he basically was like do you know her kind of thing um and I was like, no, I'm like, I don't really know her. Like, but he was just so like shocked because I was talking to everybody and like friends with every, like, it was just like, these are people I know through different churches. There were like tons of them. And he was just like, oh, like, I thought you didn't really know that many people. And I think that's kind of where things ended with us. Cause I think he was like weirded out by it, but I don't know if that's like a weird thing, but I think it's not that normal but in my you know um um childhood and upbringing um in my generation in LA um we definitely had a lot of um Adventists um and definitely a lot of social interactions and very large social groups um and so that was probably one of my favorite parts of the religion the bible study things like because i studied the bible a lot it's almost like i'm not saying it i hope it doesn't sound like i'm trying to like brag like i think it's a little weird that i used to study the bible a lot like i know that's not like normal um i mean i'm on here like smoking pot and like whatever like i don't think there's anything like morally wrong with it but it's like i know how religious people can be um and very conservative religious people i i understand that and i'm not one of them i always just kind of did my own thing and kept it to myself and that's kind of how i got through life i'm like well if this is going to bother people so much whatever i'm doing abc xyz i'm just not going to share it and that's kind of how i grew up with things but um I'm really going off on these, like, tangents, um, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't really have anything to say, like I said in the beginning, I don't have anything to say, um, I, I'm just talking on here, but, yeah, I, I kind of might want to start studying the year of Jubilee, because that's kind of what I feel like I'm dealing with now, I don't know if there's actually, like, a time stamp for it, like, in the Jewish calendar, if I'm actually on the seventh year, but basically... To my understanding, without having studied it for years, um, and I don't think I've ever really formally studied it, um, maybe I have, and I just don't remember, but this religious guy told me about it, and um, he's the one who brought it to my attention, and basically it's like how you do like this reset every seven years, and I was kind of talking to a friend of mine about this. Um, and he was telling me kind of what his father told him about it. And, um, I was kind of saying it like, I'm not doing this from like a religious perspective, but maybe, you know, cause I like rituals and I like specific periods of time that have like some kind of like, um, significance in some way, which is why I like Jewish holidays and stuff, because it's like, okay, every year, it comes around and it's a little culturally different from what I grew up in. But then it's like, you know, I grew up around, you know, ideas and beliefs and uh, 
people and myself, you know, included worshiping Jesus and all these kinds of things. And because of that, I, uh, um, I had a, what's called, what am I saying? I think, I think it hit, (laughs) I think the edible hit guys. Um, yeah, like it's always been interesting to me. Jewish culture always interested me because, you know, it was always a reflection of, of Jesus in a lot of ways. Like when you think of it, it's like, this is the stuff Jesus would have been more similarly doing that kind of stuff. Like we, then he would be doing a lot of the stuff that like, if you look at, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it or right or whatever. I'm just saying, like, if you compare Judaism to Christianity as far as, like, traditions and things, um, the way that Christians do things, Jesus likely wouldn't have the same lifestyle that a typical modern-day Western Christian would be having um, to a lot of extents. Like, a lot of his culture would have been religious, Jewish religious um, it wouldn't be like Christian religious, like he wouldn't be going to church on a Sunday. There were no churches yet. Um, he wouldn't be going on Sundays. He wouldn't be, you know, there was no Easter yet. There was no Christmas yet. Um, he wouldn't be doing any of those things. He'd be celebrating Passover, which, you know, the Bible shows him doing that. He would be celebrating you know, Hanukkah, like, I think the last, the some of the last episodes I posted were related to Hanukkah, and you see Jesus, like, in a, in a Hanukkah tradition, uh, he had Jewish holy days that he followed, Jewish rituals that he did, he went to Jewish temples, he was Jewish, he did Jewish things, um, and a lot of Christians aren't doing any of those things, um, not all Christians aren't doing them, and I, you know, people can do whatever they want. I'm I'm not going to say do or don't do something. What do I know? But, um, a lot of the, the, the Jewish people, um, like, would, like, basically, he'd be doing Jewish things. And the year of Jubilee comes from the Old Testament, I believe. And I don't, I'm so hesitating to even try to speak about this because I don't think I'm very knowledgeable or educated on the topic. But from what this guy told me, um, it's it's a seven year, every seventh year, the slaves get released. Um, I think that's the year when a person doesn't... um, uh, plow their fields, um, and they let the, the poor, or the widows, or the orphans, I I might be, I'm gonna get back to you on this, because I don't know what I'm saying, but let me see how, let me see how accurate this is compared to what I post about the year of Jubilee, once I learn about it, so once a person you know, you don't re- you don't harvest from your field, and you let the widows, the orphans, and the poor um, take the remains from your field. And this significant number seven, um, 
I don't know Gematria. I'm not very familiar, but there are like numerical like values that are um significant. So numbers like 3 or 6 or 7 or 8 or uh 40. Um uh you see these numbers coming up. So for example, like 3 like the Trinity or or um 6 like is is usually when you see like a 6 in the Bible, not like the number 65 or something, but uh, to my knowledge, but like the number 6 or 66 or 666 or and we all know about the 666 mark of the beast kind of revelation thing. Um and um so say for example in the Bible when if something would happen and like it lasted 66 years that usually signifies that it wasn't a positive thing um or if it lasted 77 years like somebody died at the age of 77 or um something happened at a person's age 70 like for example with the number 40 Moses lived 40 day not 40 what am i saying Moses had 40 three 40 year periods technically um so 40 of those years the Israelites and Moses included were wandering in the desert 40 of the years he was a shepherd um i don't know what he was doing the other 40 years actually but um yeah and i think he lived to be 120 am i am i wrong um i could be wrong i could be wrong i'm i'm going to say that i don't know but um there's significant things like that you know jesus you know um after his baptism going in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights uh with no food uh and fasting um so yeah the year of jubilee is the is the number 7 every 7th year um, I don't know what the laws, what the Jewish laws are about the seventh, uh, this, the year of Jubilee, but I'm curious to know because, um, I've noticed for myself with the number 40, um, uh, like for example, when I'm trying to heal from something, Usually if it's like an emotional thing or like trying to really understand something or get some kind of significant results on something, usually by about day 30 something, I kind of reach the point that I'm like, all right, I did it. It goes for almost everything. If I'm trying to lose weight um, or get toned, I notice a significant difference by like 30 something days. I think for me with... um you know, hitting that afterburn effect, it's about 30 something days. And so 40, usually by the time I reach day 40, I'm already so into that routine that it's like, I've already hit my goal. If I do something consistently for 30 days or for a period of time, uh, con- like almost daily or pretty much daily, then usually by, uh, once I pass day 30 and as we approach day 40, 
40 is usually the day that, you know, I'm, I'm already where I need to be. Um, and they say that for a lot of things for, you know, for 40 days, something goes for like 40 days. Um, it's not uncommon that, that, you know, there is a 40 day period. Um, but with the seventh year, there's a lot that goes on. I just don't know the details of it. Um, it sounds like a fun term to say the year, this is my year of Jubilee. Um, I'm not going to say that completely, but I was talking to a friend saying that maybe every seventh year I might, um, have a year of Jubilee. I might have a, a, a period of a, of a year or start a new period for myself of renewal to some extent. I mean, I know when I've done Sabbath related rituals, um, the Sabbath to me was always um a reflective period of time very social too but I wasn't working I wasn't studying I wasn't doing anything uh most of the times I've kept my sabbaths pretty like this isn't a bragging thing but I've kept I try to really keep the sabbath for myself as a time to just like replenish things and I'm kind of drop, dropping the ball on at the least like at the least I'll schedule to go to the gym at the least I'll start like getting a healthy diet schedule um at the least I'll try to like you know whatever I've been slacking on during the week I'll at least try to plan to start doing it Sunday and do some meditating on it Saturday and Friday night and um, you know, a lot of these podcast recordings are done on, on Sabbaths, um, because, you know, I'm usually, not usually, but I go through periods of time where it's like, I'll do a lot of major, uh, biblical related topics of, uh, studying, uh, during the Sabbath and, um, uh, also recording podcast episodes. It's something I like to do in the evening too. Um, now that I'm not having my job the way that it was, and maybe I haven't mentioned that yet because I, uh, I'm seeing the last recording I made was before it was at the end of the Jewish holidays, the Jewish holiday, the Hanukkah holiday. And before Christmas, before Christmas Eve, before the new year, um, so there was only really one holiday involved and I just kind of skipped all the other ones, I guess. Um, so, uh, my family doesn't necessarily do gifts every Christmas. We kind of decide when we will or won't. And this Christmas, luckily for all of us, uh, we didn't want to do gifts. And so we just didn't do gifts and it's not really necessary. We've all kind of come to the conclusion that all we really want to do is stuff our faces and eat a lot of food and watch the Lakers. Like, we're perfectly content doing that. We are perfectly content just watching sports and eating food. Um, I don't really need more. Like, to me, that's a perfect Christmas. Like, I don't need anything more. Just give me my brother, my sister, sit us in a room with whoever we want to be with, and let's eat some food and watch some Lakers and then we'll turn on a movie and talk through the whole thing and nobody knows what the movie was about 
And usually during the movie, everybody's getting more food and it's late at night and then we just go to bed and knock out and everybody wakes up whenever the heck they want to December 26th and we eat a bunch of leftovers. I mean, like we just eat like we're not really doing anything um, too significant. But interestingly, interestingly, guys, this is maybe this is something uh, significant. I don't know. So my dad was in Zimbabwe this he was in Zimbabwe this Christmas for the whole month of December or so. Uh there's a lot of family stuff going on there, gatherings and such. Um I'm not going into all the details cuz I'm not talking about that right now, but um he had a good time. And basically um uh so we had like I mentioned, we had ham, pork ham like uh, normal ham. Uh, we had bacon. We had prime rib. These are foods I've never seen those three foods in our house at the same time. I don't think I've ever seen prime rib in our house. I think maybe once, once ever we had ham. We had a ham one Easter, and I remember that Easter there was an earthquake. I I don't there's just weird stuff I remember you guys like seriously I don't even know I I'm not saying that there's a significance to all this stuff but you guys know that during 2022 I started kind of studying paganism a bit and um it was just interesting to me that this Christmas was a little more um pagan feeling to me than it was Christian feeling to me. Um, I'll give you some examples. Like before the Rona, um, it wasn't uncommon for us to kind of, you know, there would be Christmas plays around. Like I mentioned, I grew up around a lot of churches and churches, church people. And so, you know, when Christmas comes, they do the plays and skits and things and programs. And, you know, I would just pick the ones I wanted to go to. And it's like live performances. So usually people have been practicing and there's like a it's kind of like a show. Most of the churches I would go to, they wouldn't do like the typical Jesus story. Like this is L.A. So you got to think people who are connected with like the culture of like acting and like you know, entertainment. And so people, there would be people literally in these churches who were skilled at like writing dramas and skits and plays and making, I don't know if they made the music, but there were musicians. Sometimes it would be like live musicians playing like renditions of like Christmas melodies or songs that were like learned from like some kind of Christmas play or somebody wrote it or like it, it there would be songs that I would ne- had never heard but maybe it was about Jesus or like on theme with the play and they'd be these plays about like people from like different types of communities around the world or whatever and their experience with like Christmas season like I remember one where there was a family that was like this is a fake story that somebody made up I don't know I guess they made it up but like um, they wrote this whole play of like, you know, um, a family, I think they became homeless right before Christmas and then some miracle happened and, um, you know, they got, um, some kind of healing and like an abundance of gifts and money and a house and a car or something. It was something to that extent. 
Um, and people would go for weeks, months, you know, showing up on different days of the week to practice their portions and learn all the, all the lines and everything. And a lot of times, like, they'd be, like, super low budget, but it was fun and it was unique. Like, especially when they didn't do just, like, the regular Bible story that you just read in the Bible. They would do these stories that were, like, really uniquely made. And on occasion, you know, sometimes I'd be, like, minorly involved um, or, like, part of one of the choirs or whatever um, or part of like helping set up certain stuff or part of helping you know set up the kitchen for the potluck afterwards or whatever it would be you know I'd like to be a little involved or at the very least show up to some of it to to a different church's Christmas play or whatever right so we used to do that uh I even if I didn't go to the one where my whole family was going I would just pick one and go like there are plenty of churches um and ever since the Rona, I don't think I've been to any religious plays, but I really like, I really like plays and skits. Oh my gosh. Like I'm kind of, an, I don't know a lot about it, but I really like it. I really like live performances. If you haven't noticed, I like live music. I like concerts. Um, I just, maybe it's cause I was raised in LA. I don't know. It might not be, but I, um, um noticed that this christmas and i don't okay so i don't know if my mom listens to this podcast maybe she does but i don't actively talk to her about it um i don't think i've ever mentioned it and if i have nobody's ever asked me anything so she um is so so she basically, I was, I like, I'm not faulting her. This isn't it. it I could have looked it up myself. Everything's on Google. But I wanted to know when the church's Christmas play was going to be. Because I was thinking about popping in and seeing it. I don't know if I would have, but it was on my mind. And, you know, it came and went and she never told me. Um, and then I asked her and she's like, oh, that was like a couple weeks ago or whatever. I'm like, oh, nobody said anything. And then, uh, so I didn't go to any church related anything this year, um, which is probably going to be a normal part of my life. Maybe, I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but, um, I was, I kind of would have maybe liked to go to a church related thing. Um, not, not a super religious formal thing, but like something just kind of like pop into a Christmas play or like a musical kind of thing or like a choir kind of thing or something like that. I, you know, entertain me, you know, um, I wanted some religious entertainment and, um, I didn't find it through the church. I didn't look either, but I didn't find it through the church. It wasn't handed to me. Um... And then we didn't do gifts at all. Um, We had a tree. Um, The family was home, minus my dad. Um, I can't remember which days we had what, but um, my mom started bringing into the house pork bacon. I don't remember when, but sometime between December and January, we started having bacon in the house, like pork bacon 
we do people even say poor do people like say that i don't even like i don't know anything like it's not it's not part of my culture like i feel like almost like when people become vegan and they don't know how to talk about it it's like that's how i feel it's like i don't even know if people say pork bacon or pork ham like that's what i say because i never ate it really too much before so that other easter uh years ago like probably 10 or 11 or so years ago there was a little earthquake it wasn't too much but um there's a little bit earthquake right uh you know for in my head I remember I was studying so that means I was in it was maybe like nine years ago then um maybe nine or or eight between seven and nine years ago so (laughs) between seven and nine years ago on Easter Sunday there was a little earthquake um, and I remember it was near when my mom was, like, glazing a ham. And I was in the living room, like, at the desk, like, by the sliding door studying. And she um, mentioned that. Uh, like, no, I I was... I, I thought I saw the... We have, like, a little chandelier, like, a small chandelier in our dining room where she was. And I looked and I kind of saw it kind of swaying. And I, I, in my mind, I connected that to the pork, to the ham. I don't know. I don't know anything. I also had a Halloween experience that I've explained before in my, uh, maybe early twenties, late teens of a a Halloween experience where there was an earthquake, um, the night before Halloween day, which might have actually been, um, not Halloween day, um, it, I don't know, because I should have been asleep, but it might have been past midnight, so it might have been actually on Halloween, um, and I equated that possibly to the fact that I was gonna go to, um, Not Scary Farm, um, and it was against my convictions, actually, at that point. Um, so was the ham on the Easter. Um, I've I've got a little bit of an aversion towards pork. I had chashu pork in my ramen today for lunch. So um, that's probably, you know, and the I think the, the soup base is pork. I think pho, I think with pho um soups the broth is usually from a pork bone i could be incorrect but i think so i could be wrong on that but i think so it i think it's beef or pork but i think it's a pork base i think it's a pork based broth i could be wrong i gotta look that kind of stuff up i should know i eat it like almost once a week um but yeah that's something that i eat that has pork Uh, For me, I don't know, this is weird to say because I'm not even Asian. I'm not Vietnamese, I'm not Japanese, but because of where I grew up, to me, pho and ramen are cultural, even though it's not part of my ethnicity culture, it's part of the region where I grew up. There's a lot of Asian food, like the area where I grew up is known for Asian food, and so, you know, we have a lot of Asian food. I grew up like I said, people always told me I knew a lot of Asians. 
I still know a lot of Asians. Um, that's just part of my life, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I can't see my my life without really eating it on a regular basis, especially if I'm living in LA. It's like that's what I eat, um, and Mexican food. <laughs> so yeah, like if it wasn't for pho ramen sushi and just any kind of mexican food i probably would starve if i didn't have if i wasn't able to eat any of that i would probably just not be eating anything but like oatmeal or whatever <laughs> like i don't know what i would eat um those are like staples for me <laughs> like all of that is just like i don't know how many times i've gone even one full week without eating any of them um probably not that many um but yeah, the pork um appeared in our house and it's still in our house. And today, um the bacon situation kind of, you know, f- has like an effect on my sinuses. And it's been kind of, you know, since my brother was home and cooking at like 6:30 in the morning for his breakfast and making pork bacon for himself almost every morning, which is fine. I mean, whatever. Um you know, he was eating that and cooking that, and I don't like the smell of it. I, I just don't. I didn't grow up with it. To me, it's not, like, a savory scent. Um, so I'm just not into it, but, you know, to each their own. Like, I, I'm not gonna, like, you know, I tried. I, I tried some of it. I don't think I've tried any of the bacon yet. I think I tried a little bite of ham I think I tried a bite of the prime rib. Um, is prime rib pork or is it beef? I kind of thought it was pork, but I could be wrong. I'm not like so knowledgeable about meat. Um, I mean, there's some weird things about me when you think about it. It's like you think someone who grew up in L.A., and with a lot of American influence would know more about pork, which I don't. Um, it's just not something I'm familiar with. Um, so ribeye, let me see. What's prime rib? Prime rib is beef. Okay, so prime rib is beef. I thought it was pork. See, that shows what I know. Um... Let me look up this prime rib pork. Um, I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't trust the internet. Um, sorry, I'm like, I, I can't type, so I definitely know I'm stoned. What the heck? Okay. Uh, and I'm suspicious of the internet. Um... Yeah, that makes sense that... Wow, is that how much it costs? Snake River Farms, $119. Rack of pork. Roast rack of pork. Wow. Roast crown. Counter pork loin roast crown. $31.43. Really? Is that how much it costs? Wow. I didn't know that pork or meat in general cost that much money 
See, there's a pork prime rib. It says smoked pork prime rib. So I don't really know what we ate. I'll ask. Maybe I'll ask my mom what she made. Prime rib is... What is prime rib pork? I think it was pork. I'm pretty sure it was pork. Because to me, it didn't taste like beef. Um, But maybe I was just a little averse to it. Um, I don't even know, honestly. Alright, so... I timed out at just about the hour. So... I was talking about the prime rib in my house that I think was pork during Christmas. Uh, I think we had it more than just Christmas. I want to say we probably had it like Christmas and then a couple. We had so much leftovers because we had like a lot of meat um, and rolls and things. Like we had a lot of food. Like we were eating it for like a couple, at least a couple meals, if not more. And that's normal for our house during Christmas season. Um my mom throws down in the kitchen like for real she cooks like she cooks her heart out like she just like cooks for like at least the whole day um sometimes she'll prepare the night before a little bit but she usually does it all herself like I don't really help her my sister sometimes my sister bakes a pie or something or brownies or she does the baked goods but I kind of just don't I just watch sports um I don't really like cooking in the kitchen with people it's not really my thing like I wouldn't mind the prep part of it but I don't know it's not really my thing I don't like people like I don't like cooking with people too with my family I don't like cooking with my family and maybe that sounds weird maybe that's rude um it's not for a dramatic reason I just it's not something I'm used to doing like, my parents garden all the time. I don't garden with them, you know. Um, I definitely harvest, <laughs> you know, on my own free time. But I I don't necessarily cook, like, garden with them. I don't cook with them. I'll pop in and, like, talk to people and say hi or, like, show up around where they're at and stuff. I don't, like, um, you know. Um, I don't know. Um, so yeah, um, I'm getting to a point where I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, this, this Christmas, uh, 2022 was a very similar to almost like a, what I would say, maybe like a pagan household might do, um, I don't know. Not really, though. We didn't have pagan traditions, like, outwardly, like, doing anything actively pagan. But we also didn't do anything actively religious, uh, Christian religious. And so, when I say pagan, I don't mean secular, like, secular, like, non-religious. Because I think, at least the way I grew up in Adventism... When somebody would say pagan, it was almost synonymous with saying not religious. But I am talking about the pagan religion, um, like or a form of pagan religion. Um, we weren't using the pork to do any specific ritual or anything like that. But you know, like I studied 
a little bit of what I heard from Wisdom Wisdom of Odin, his uh, uh, website about Christmas and like how how there's the significance with like the ham. Like ham has never been significant in my house. It's been just the opposite. It's been so insignificant that I don't even know how to like talk about it. Like, like I mentioned, like I'm not saying I've never eaten ham like ever. And when I was in the Midwest as a kid, I'm pretty sure I ate a lot of ham. Um, that side of the family, they eat ham. Um, I think most of my dad's side of the family eats ham too, but we just don't, um, in our household that we're not the only Adventist household, but, um, um, anyways, so basically with the ham, we, uh, yeah, I didn't have that much of it. I just, I didn't feel up to it. It just, (laughs) okay. So I mentioned I eat pork related things in pho. I eat pork related things in ramen. So I don't not eat pork. I don't not eat shrimp. I don't not eat seafood or shellfish or all these types of things that Adventism teaches don't eat. I just don't really actively seek it out. Um, The chashu pork pieces in my ramen, I wasn't actively ordering chashu pork, but I don't dislike it. I actually like it. I just, it's just weird like I just if it happens to be there and I'm like oh I want more um I'll do it but for some reason with just like the typical kind of like honey glazed or honey baked hams and that kind of thing I just I was never really into those I actually really like the turkey one I've heard now that the turkey those little turkey hams you know the ones that are like a little what's that shape called like an oval What's it called when it's 3D? It's almost like a cylinder, but it's like flat on the sides. What's that shape called? It's like a cylinder. I don't know. Um, it's like a cylinder that somebody stepped on. Um, so basically, um, I've had a lot of those. I We used to eat that as like lunch meat sometimes. Like when, I, when my mom would make our sandwiches, she would put a slice of that kind of meat in there. I always really like those sandwiches. I like I always like that meat. And we've had that a lot for breakfast meat or like spam, turkey spam. Um I've eaten non uh, like I eat spam musubi, so yeah, that's pork too. Usually it's not turkey spam, usually it's pork spam. And so I eat spam musubi. Um but yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that I just, you know, I, I eat lao lao, like I love pork lao lao um and chicken but i i think the first lao lao i had because at least from the person who was teaching me about it they told me that traditionally um the pork was the traditional one and i wanted to have the traditional one so i had pork lao lao um and at that time i wasn't actively eating pork either but I do notice that there are kind of foods that I eat that are kind of culturally related with the Asian type foods that I eat that have pork or eel or shrimp. Uh, and the other day I ordered Peruvian food. I had, there were like all kinds of seafoods in there. 
um, ones that I grew up being raised to not eat those things. Um, so I do eat it. I just, you know, I just do have a bit of an aversion towards some types of it. Um, which is kind of weird that some kind of meats kind of gross me out, but there's something about it. I mean, I eat, okay. I eat McDonald's, uh, breakfast sausages or a little bacon on occasion. Um, that's probably one of my favorite meals from McDonald's. I like the breakfast, the breath, what do you call it? The McMuffins. Um, I like, um, the cheeseburger, just a classic cheeseburger. And I like the Big Mac, but the Big Mac to me is, it just tastes like bread, but I like the Big Mac. The patties are so freaking tiny, even though there's like two of them. But, um, well, I don't know why I mentioned that. I don't think the Big Mac has pork. I don't know what McDonald's meat is, but anyways, um, um, that, um, this experience during Christmas was very different, um, I haven't had um, an experience that was uh, I don't know, it was just very different. Um, and so I um uh, um I'm kind of stoned. I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, <laughs> this this Christmas was um to me you know, it didn't have a lot of Christian religious aspects to to it, but I was able to maybe identify some kind of pagan um, religious aspects to it, even though we weren't really, like, religiously doing either thing. Um, we didn't do any, like, the traditions were different this year. Uh, my dad wasn't there. Like, he's not always at every Christmas, but... Um, he's, uh, usually at every Christmas, he's missed a few, but I think the ones he's missed other than the COVID ones that some of us, I think there's a year where we all just didn't do it because my dad couldn't specifically meet with us. Uh, we just canceled Christmas altogether because we're like, well, let's just not do it if we can't do it as a family. So this was the first one since 2019 that we've had as a family minus my dad and then I don't even remember what happened in 2020 um uh yeah so yeah but before that in 2019 I would say or before 2019 and before uh we never really had ham at Christmas we never really had pork bacon in the house we never really had prime rib. Um, 
uh, I don't know what we would usually have. Turkey? Like, we, I think we'd probably usually have turkey. Um, because I remember we would have it Thanksgiving, and then we would have it Christmas. Um, I believe... Um, so yeah, turkey. And then I think one day we had, one time we had like Cornish game hens. Uh, and oh, what's that stuff called? Where it's like different layers of meat kind of rolled up and sliced. Um, beef, was it, is that beef Wellington? Is that what beef Wellington is? I think we had that once or so. Uh, let me look it up. Beef Wellington. I think we had that once. Yeah, okay. So it has... Um, steak dish of English origin. Um, made, out of, made out of filet steak coated with pate and I don't know what that word is duxellus I'm pretty sure that's not how you say that I don't even know what language that is is that French? I don't even know what language that is wow Um, wrapped in puff pastry so it's like a breaded meaty a breaded combo of meaty stuff um how do you say this? Duck, duck. Oh, it is French. Duck cells, duck cells, dyke cells, dykes, cells, dyke cell. I don't know what the heck is finely chopped minced mixture of mushrooms or mushroom stems, onions or shallots, herbs such as thyme or parsley and black pepper sauteed in butter and reduced to a paste. Um so what's the difference between of that that and pate? It doesn't look like pate though. It looks like just some kind of mashed thing. Wow. Let me not go down this rabbit hole about beef wellington, but I had it once. Um, I think it's like a traditional Christmas thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, my mom throws down. She throws down in the kitchen on Christmas. Um, and all major holidays. Um, major American holidays. Um, her whole family does. They're very big on, like, cooking and stuff. Um, and so, yeah. Like, we usually have some great food, great home-cooked food, a lot of stuff from the garden. Like, I think the green bean casserole is, like, from the garden green beans and some kale salads and uh, some fresh-baked breads and rolls. And, like, yeah, we just eat it for, like, a lot of uh, meals, too. And there's a lot of us eating it. And sometimes we're even having seconds within the same meal period. And so it's, like, we we really feast for for sure we feast in this house and so you know um but yeah we don't really do the gifts and we do kind of watch sports sports movies you know that kind of thing so yeah it was a little 
um, surprising how we did Christmas this year. It was like stuff that we probably wouldn't have done if my dad was here. And it was a bit of a unique experience, um, especially with the food. Like we had a bunch of food in the house. We still have a bunch of food in the house that I have never seen in this house before. Um, it's not a problem to me other than the, that bacon in the morning was just not my thing, but, um, I mean, I feel like people should have the right to eat whatever the heck they want to eat, and, you know, I can just open my freaking window, it's not a big deal, um, you know, people are having their holiday, and they're home for the holidays, and it's like a temporary thing, I am not even going to complain, but I know it's not something I prefer, um, but I'm not going to say don't do it. Like, I would maybe say something if I lived with somebody. Um, I might have to say something. Um, but because I was like, I knew that today was the last day that I would wake up to that at 6.30 in the morning. I'm not really, I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so... Um, I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not sure um, if my mom maybe asked my brother and my sister what they want to eat. Um, and maybe they were giving input or maybe she ran it by them. Like, I feel like I was pretty left out of the loop for Christmas. Like, I don't even think I knew that we weren't doing gifts. Um, and then... I, uh, um, I don't know, I just, I just didn't really know, um, I mean, we get money for holidays, like, um, and, yeah, we, we just, um, we didn't really, um, have a Christmas that was uh, looking like any other Christmases that I ever remember. So, like, we did have the tree, the Christmas tree. Uh, my mom makes this memory tree that we have. Um, there's the uh, nutcracker. Um, these are, like, gigantic, full-sized, like, the nutcracker is, like, a human-sized thing. And the Christmas tree, the memory tree is a is this is the size of a Christmas tree. And both of those are knitted. They're made out of yarn. Like a hollowed yarn. Like she made like frames for them like on the inside. I don't know if she used like boxes or wire like a wire frame to like put these things around. So the memory tree basically has I don't know, it's kind of like depressing, but it has like pictures of like deceased people like all the little ornaments are like someone who's deceased or um maybe an estranged person or someone we just maybe aren't connected with anymore or something they're just people who are just like not in our lives like not I don't know if I would say not in our lives like that doesn't sound right um but I think it's all people who are from a um it's all people who are um 
Um, yeah, like it's. I think it's all deceased people. Um, I don't know. I kind of don't interact with it, but it's up a good part of the year. I feel like the Nutcracker and the Christmas, the the memory tree were up for a year. Um, I know the memory tree is taken down. Let me go check if the Nutcracker is taken down because I actually don't know. I'm literally going to go check right now. Oh, shoot, it's taken down. So, um, yeah, the Nutcracker and the Memory Tree are taken down. And I don't think either of those had been taken down. Maybe, maybe since before the Rona? I don't remember. I know they were up in 2021 uh, because I sent photos of them to my co-workers because um, I think I went I don't remember honestly um, maybe it was 2020 or 2021 one of those Christmases was cancelled so I didn't come to LA and then the other one I think it was just me and my mom and so it was either up for one year or two years. Um, and um, yeah, it's now taken down. And so I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if there's something deeper to it, you know, because it was a wild time period and maybe that's all over. So, yeah, let's put the stuff away, you know. Um, but those are kind of like handmade, unique pieces in our house that are, that I don't think people really have those in their houses. That's not a religious thing or whatever. That's a combination of my mom's creativity and her handcrafts and things like that. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, I have knitted a little bit of like a couple beanies and like, like I've probably knitted like three things, maybe four things, not even knitted, I think crocheted. Um, I'm literally, I got this little throw blanket that my mom made that I have on my bed right now with me. This other gigantic um, uh, knitted blanket um, that I have on this bed with me that I think I don't remember what it was a gift for. It was for something, but I can't remember what. Um, it might have been a hol- a Christmas gift, but pre-Rona Christmas gift, I think. Um, I have a blanket that my aunt knitted for me um, for my high school graduation. And I basically used it as a... It's a quilt, and I basically used it as a beach blanket... For most of my life um 
and my family, you know, a lot of them do a lot of craft work, um, we have baskets that people have weaved, like the African style baskets, uh, that culturally people would be carrying, like, grain and stuff like that, we have it up in our house as decorations and things, um, we have pillows that are knitted and crocheted, definitely a lot of blankets around the house that were knitted, crocheted, a lot of, um, just, um, creative pieces all over the house that I haven't, you know, like, I mean, it's pretty cool stuff, honestly, like, most people buy a whole lot of things, like, I saw a beanie that my mom just made, it's still drying, um, you know, like, she's really good at making stuff, um, and we have a whole lot of handmade stuff around their house, and I think it's really cool, um, but, yeah, yeah, like, the, the memory tree and the, and the nutcracker aren't necessarily, like, I think the nutcracker is, like, a Christmas play, I think I only saw, like, like, about the Nutcracker and Ice, or the ballet, or something, like, I don't really know much about it, but I feel like there used to be a ballet on TV every year, or something, about the Nutcracker, and then there's, like, the Nutcracker on Ice, um, I should actually watch the story, because I don't know if I even remember it, I'm, I'm sure I've heard it, but I don't remember it, um, but yeah, that was kind of the stuff we did for Christmas that, uh, it made no sense to me. It was just, there was nothing familiar. I didn't feel a familiar, a familiar sense. Uh, it felt a little weird. It's like, you know, I saw family members that I hadn't seen in a while. Like we usually don't go this long without seeing all of each other. Like, uh, it, it was kind of weird. Like 2022 is the first year in a while that we had quite a few months where we were able to have a lot more freedom to do stuff, at least where I live. And, um, we did those things and it it looked different. Everything looked different, kind of felt different. Um, I don't really know. It was different. It was a different time of year different time of season, um, this winter's freaking cold, the, uh, um, water is, you know, you know, destroying the west coast where we live, um, you know, the ocean is destroying it, or it's claiming back the city, um, this is more rain than I've experienced in a very long time in my life. Um, this is a weird freaking year already. I spent New Year's Eve at a rave in the rain. Like it was, it wasn't raining very hard. And if it was, I didn't notice it until we were actually walking to the car through the, through the city of, in downtown San Diego. Um, when we were walking to the car, I feel like maybe the rain was able to easier hit us or it had picked up, but otherwise it was like a calm drizzle for like a good hour or so. 
Um, and it wasn't the whole time that it was raining, but we all kind of knew it was going to rain. And it just made it that much more memorable. Like, who goes to a rave outside in the rain in the winter for New Year's Eve? Like, that was pretty dope. It was great. Like, I was so pumped up for even days after that. Great way to bring in the new year with a good friend. Um, and we partied, man. We, we danced our asses off. Um that wasn't normal either, you know, like this, this, uh, it's maybe exciting, but, um, for me, it's the seventh year, the end of the seventh year of me working at a, at a specific company. Um, and the way I got the job was through, having a a placement there through the school program I was in. Um, so about seven years before that, I started my first grad program. That took me three years. I think I took a year between um, my that grad school and then getting into this other grad school in San Diego. And then I was only in that grad school like three years. So that was like a seven-year period between the whole grad school experience and then the whole experience working for the company after the grad school experience. And then I've never even looked at this before, but, um, you know, um, those that seven-year period before this one was all grad school pretty much. Um and then was I well was it seven like I don't know if I had one year between or two years between I don't know um but I want to say it was one I think between grad schools I had one year but between um graduating undergrad and grad school I think I had two years I don't know if that sounds right no because I think after the the first grad school was the other recession um, like, the country was still recovering from that recession, and so I think I had two years between, because I remember I didn't even get hired working until, like, December after I graduated grad school, um, so six months, and I was really discouraged by that point, and wasn't even working in a field that I wanted to be or anything, um, and Then I was like, you know, thinking, okay, I might try to get into a PhD program because everybody needs me to have clinical experience. So my goal was to go into, you know, a clinical PhD program, but then go back into research um, in psych. Um, So maybe, maybe my seventh year was my second year of grad school at the first grad school so maybe it didn't so evenly match up um but yeah still almost like I guess we're like a year off there um but yeah like it was um a really this seven year period out of grad school uh, and into 
the jobs that I had, I have definitely learned a lot about myself. I know my limits. Um, I know that I may be given too easily to manipulative people. Um, or I'll put it this way. I let them have their way to some extent, but I don't completely um, ignore what they've done, but I also don't necessarily fully disconnect from the situation. Like, I get what I want out of it, if that makes sense. Um... But, yeah, I do it in a really passive way. Um, and I don't know what that, what that is called. Um, it's, it's kind of something that maybe I didn't really notice too much about myself. I'm like, like, I basically can get screwed over by people, but then turn it into something that's, like, beneficial for myself. Um... But still, like, in a way, like, not just quit because of it or not leave when maybe it's stressful and I could leave or would have every reason to leave and people even question why I might stick around. So, um, I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. It's definitely been part of a challenge, you know, but also it's like... If I wasn't manipulated in certain aspects with grad school or with my work experiences, I don't think I would have had any of these experiences if I would have just quit all of it. If I would have just quit and never finished grad school because of some of the experiences or never finished. Like, I don't have a PhD. I finished the grad school to up to a master's. Um, but if I never would have finished the... Um, like work that I was doing at the different sites um I I I don't know what um um I don't know how my life would have looked different like I'm not like fully regretting like I can see that there's stuff that I'm like ah eh, like maybe I let some things go for too far, like the housemates kind of situations and stuff, but, you know, I was also getting what I wanted out of that, like, super cheap rent and the ability to just party whenever I felt like it, like, and I kind of needed that, I needed to be able to just party a lot, because I had so much, so many stressful years and stuff, and I think since I moved to San Diego, because of the experiences being around so many religious people, the majority of my partying started in San Diego. I wasn't doing most of that before San Diego when I was in the religious environments. So, but I definitely was having fun uh, before that. But I, you know, I didn't know much about healthy relationships and healthy environments. And I was definitely involved in toxic environments. Or I'll put it this way. I was involved in environments that had toxic aspects to them. But there was a lot of positivity too. 
Um, cause I, I'm noticing there's a lot of stuff that maybe for like the past few years, I was really only able to kind of see the toxic aspects of certain people or the toxic aspects of certain, um, uh, situations or environments, but I could also fully see the benefit I was having from other aspects of it or um certain things maybe connected uh, that were beneficial for me or you know exciting for me or positive for me um I'm not saying that if people are around toxic things that they need to like stick it out or whatever but I think I do know my limits I push my limits and I don't think that's really a good thing fully but at the same time um I have a lot of ways out of situations I don't think I've been in any situations lately where even in the last 10 years or so where I felt completely stuck to have to stay involved in some of these environments it was just my choice even if I complained and even if I wasn't fully happy and even if it was a high stressor in my life and negatively affecting my health I still had a way out um and I pushed to stick in it just for whatever reasons I don't even know but um because I've never really gotten too much into that but um mm, yeah so definitely that's that seems like what I did for the last seven years in two different ways through grad school and basically through work um and I feel like all the negativity and positivity were like combined with each other because there was definitely a lot of forms of trauma bonding through school and work um where you know I made a lot of really strong friendships with people um solid people like really awesome people like I think in the last uh nearly 15 years I don't think I've met anybody that I didn't really fully want to be around with that I was interacting with and so I'm happy with that you know um you know, and I noticed too, once I kind of stopped so heavily interacting with the church um, and went towards other social ways um, and explored more of that kind of stuff in a lifestyle form that I was still okay with for myself. And I kind of pushed my limits with stuff too. And I was like, all right, maybe I'm not so okay with some of some stuff. Um, I'm, I'm kind of more conservative on some stuff, uh, overall liberal on a a lot of stuff, but then the stuff that I'm kind of more reserved about, um, mm, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, I'm definitely like on a lot of levels, a pretty passive person, um, And so even when I have like strong convictions about things, I think I don't really, I mean, I used to really kind of get like all heated about things, but 
I really like the complexity of of certain uh um how do you say like when there's two things that are different like certain conflicting ideas conflicting ideas I like the complexity of that I like the complexity of conflicting emotions and like um conflicting viewpoints I used to kind of have like I used to get like really like emotionally like you know I think it's normal a lot of people do get kind of like really upset about people having different opinions and views from them but somewhere down the line um I noticed that I had not really been too strongly uh bothered by um some differences that some people have and even more so um something with the beginning of this year even already like I, I'm I've kind of gained some kind of interesting understanding about certain people um that I've never wanted to be around um there aren't that many of them but I mean I don't know like maybe it's because I'm not studying or working at the very moment and I just kind of have other things that are kind of coming to my mind and I was realizing recently that some of those people I'm like all of a sudden I kind of like understand why they are how they are and kind of um get it more and get them more and it's kind of changed a bit of my outlook on them um like I of course, I don't expect anyone to be perfect. I'm not perfect, but I've definitely gained a lot of different outlooks on things. Uh, even in this year alone, and we're barely a few days in, but because, you know, I'm not working, I haven't been since the 30th, I haven't been working at that job, um, there's a lot more space in my head. Like, you can tell how much I think. Uh, this is a stone version even of my thinking and it's pretty you know I'm all over the place of course but it's like I don't really I I watched 20 minutes of tv today I saw this show called um what was it mountain man or something like that Um, Because all the sports were ending, like all the basketball games and hockey games were about to end within like 10 minutes or something because I was eating around like seven something. And I was like, well, I can't watch sports. Like I want at least 30 minutes to sit and watch something. And um, to me, that was more than enough. (laughs) Like the 20 something minutes that I watched was like five minutes too long. Um, But... I I don't really get a lot of joy out of television. It doesn't really do anything for me too much. It's kind of it it interrupts it disrupts my thoughts. Like I can't think like this if I'm watching TV. Um it's just too much chatter and then the freaking commercials it's like they just they just it's like you got you guys have heard me recording podcast episodes and I, on a on a pretty frequent basis so I'm pretty sure you've heard the sirens near me and how often they come by um that bothers me far less than television commercials 
Um, I just laugh about it. If I notice it, I laugh about it. it. I usually don't notice it too much, but I notice it the most probably when I'm podcasting. Um, but yeah, it was really, um, um, uh, yeah, like, I I don't even know what I thought about the show. I wish there weren't commercials in it and I wish the music wasn't so uh suspenseful. I could have done without the music. I kind of wanted it to just feel like a documentary and I would have liked it more. That but I think maybe that's boring to people, but I kind of like the concept of it though, like people doing stuff. You know, this this guy was like renovating a house with another guy and then I think these other guys were trying to like um uh hunt for bison I don't know if they were gonna use it um I guess they're saying that it, it it could last two people a whole winter um or so or a whole summer or something like that I don't remember which season I think it was summer they said and that it would be worth over a thousand dollars for the bison um I don't know anything about bison I like to eat it other than that I don't I don't really know but to me that was like um you know just them fixing the house and what they shared about how to do parts of that and then I, I would be fine with a show like that like just repair things and I'll just watch like that sounds like fun but I think my ideas for what would be fun for a show I don't think anybody will want to watch any of that um so yeah I um I liked I liked that I liked um that you know my mind is kind of changing uh but I'm not talking about because I'm stoned I'm not talking about that's why but I'm just saying like in general like I'm I've been just even in recent days able to use my brain for thinking about different stuff like even on a deeper level thinking about stuff that Otherwise, I hadn't really been thinking about too much. Um, But I feel like I was able to do some pretty quick processing on some things and came out with something pretty significant. So, um, I mean, that's kind of a, a good highlight already. But I'm literally all over the place. Like, I'm giving myself some time to just let my mind run, run, you know, let my mind run, let my, you know, sleep schedule just do what it wants to do. Let me stay up when I feel like it. Let me get stuff done productively when I feel like it. Let me make some money when I feel like it. Let me, you know, kind of eat when I feel like it, work out when I feel like it just kind of reassessing, you know, 
things. I'm not going to be doing that for too long because I do not function well without a routine. I'll be up to like two in the morning like I was last night. Um, but that's the thing though. I've been up late hours thinking about stuff. Um, and there's definitely been a lot of unpleasantness to it. Like that's why I've been up late cause I couldn't sleep, but I'm like, well, if I'm going to be up, I might as well think about it. Um, and not try to avoid thinking about it. Like, let me just freaking suffer a couple days and think, think about what it is. Um, I've got the energy to deal with it. And if I don't, I can do what I need to do because I don't have to be anywhere. So when I'm not having to like reserve my energy for clients, apparently I have a lot more energy, um, maybe a little bit too much. Um, but it's going to be a short time period for me to do this because if I do it for way too long, it's definitely going to impact my health. Um, but like you have to have some limits, you know, um, like I'm not completely off the rails. Like I, you know, I have, like I mentioned, like the weed Wednesday and um, who's blocking over here? Huh. All right, I don't even know where I'm going with all this, but yeah. I keep saying, I think I keep saying the same thing over and over, and somebody was, like, walking around and, like, closing the windows, so I stopped for a second, and then got up and did some other stuff, and I don't even remember what I was saying, but I said tonight was gonna be lights out by 10 p.m., so I probably don't want to just, like, lay around recording in the dark, because that's weird for me with this topic, um... But, I mean, probably with any topic, honestly, it just seems like a weird, like, if I'm gonna get ready to go to sleep, I probably shouldn't be recording, but, um, I'm probably not gonna sleep soon, but I'm gonna be off my phone, so, um, I'm gonna put on maybe a few minutes of a book, and then, um, just get off the screen and like not be actively doing anything for a while so I can actually like fall asleep but um just a few minutes of a book and then like maybe a chapter and then just kind of go to bed then uh but yeah this has been a fun recording if you can figure out where I was going with this, if you kind of understood the points I was kind of trying to make, even though there were multiple points with, you know, it was kind of a freestyle, not very planned, I just kind of hit record and uh, I figured it's been a while and uh, I have some time to record and I don't want to watch anything, so um, I figured I'll just record something because I just, that's what I felt like doing, uh, but I had nothing really to say so hopefully this was fun uh 
I have fun recording it. I don't know what this was, but uh, this is the first recording of this year. Uh, who knows, man? It's already different. Like, I've never had a year like this yet, and we're only 11 days in, guys. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm 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 a bit excited and scared. So, that's the honest truth. I don't even know. There's a lot of stuff that I'm just ignoring about what's happening in our societies that I'm just like, oh man. Um, but, yeah, I'm optimistic too. Like, I, I don't, you know, there's nothing to actively really be worrying about with some stuff. So, let me just not worry. I'll take caution, but not worry. Um... <clears throat> but not be surprised if something something hits the fan. So, um... Alright, I'm gonna peace out off of here. So I can upload this thing. And then, uh... <clears throat> um... We'll see what I study about the year of Jubilee.